106.5 WPPM FM. I'm tired, I'm starving, I'm ready I ain't with the gas, the only time I'm on the lettuce When I'm writing with this pen Rappers can't be friends Y'all can play pretend But see my system on the fridge So I can't join up with two kids Adam gave a rib And you just feed these women lies And keep some diamonds in the hill I'm cut from a different cloth And this cloth couldn't wipe no tears See I'm trying to top me a tear They trying to topple me off But they do it like they sisters Kind of sloppily all And I'm feeling like yourself Out of pocket and charged I probably take it too far I probably take it to Mars You probably take it a yard I take you right to the yard For the mic Gotta do it all for the wall, for the mic. I'm here, the stars go too far for the mic. On everything I love, all we love is this life. For the love, for the mic. Yeah. Gotta do it all through the wall for the mic. Head to the stars, go too far for the mic. On everything I love, all we love is this life. For the love, for the mic. For the love, for the mic. Yeah. You are now locked in to WPPM, LP Philadelphia, 106.5 FM. And this is The Mic, hosted by Isaac Patterson VI and Jalil Muhammad. Amplify the culture. And welcome back to another week of The Mic, man. 106.5 FM. I'm really, really excited to be back in the studio again, man, with everybody, with, 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 with uh, my guy, the soul of the show, Jason Guapo. Hey, man, you already know, bro. Hey, yo, speaking of that, man, we got to change the end of that intro, man. We got to get the, the six and, and Jason Guapo <laughs> in there, man. We got yeah, I got I got to go back just to the studio and redo that, John, man, because you know I'm tired of saying my whole name, man. I like just going by the six now, man. That, that, that's that's my basic, like my my radio DJ name. Man. Everybody be saying like, <laughs> what's your what radio you? DJ name? But everybody thinks that I'm a DJ when I see I do a hip hop show. They be like, oh well, well no, it's a hip hop talk show. But like, I mean, you, you want to board a little bit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got yeah. some we got some tunes rolling around. Exactly. Man. We got some tunes rolling around and all that. That's why we we were slowly building up our catalog too of uh, uh, of local artists. Uh, uh, of unsigned hype, basically to bring up, bring back like the source days and oh, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're bringing up our catalog. If you want to be a part of that catalog, you gotta go and follow the Mike One Six Point Five FM, man. Go follow the Mike One Six Point Five on Instagram right now. Is really the only. I feel like it's the only social media that matters, honestly. Yeah, it's, yeah. So on Instagram, one at one the Mike One Six Point Five. DM us. Send us an email. Send us your your uh, uh, clean song. You gotta have clean yeah, song. Gotta come be on. clean, man. Yeah. Catch us live right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and today, I just really want to just get straight into our guest today, man, because our guest today is one of the hottest people coming out of, or or I feel like he is the hottest person coming out of the Camden, New Jersey area, man. South, South, Southern New Jersey, right? The South Side? South Side. Yeah, yeah. Coming from the South Side, man. His name is Mir Fontaine, who just got back from doing like a crazy tour all around the nation. Like, How many cities did you visit in the nation? We did about like uh, eleven. We did eleven cities for like eleven. Yeah. Okay, so you was really you was really doing it out here in terms of like going to to all the cities. What was like the most popping city that you went to? Most popping, of course, I want to say Philly. Okay. But it, it, that's going to be default though. But other than Philly, it's probably going to be Cleveland. Okay. Cleveland was crazy. Yeah. So when I when I saw your um your snippets online yeah. of, uh, 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 of the places that you went to. 
Cleveland to me had like the most roaring audience. I yeah, feel like that like, was crazy. Yeah, when yeah. you when he came out, yo, they was roaring for him, yo. They was sounding like a, a long pack of lions, pretty I, much out there. I, like I haven't even uh, actually seen the whole performance, but I did see like the clips and stuff on Instagram. So right. like, yeah, definitely you getting like crazy reaction, bro. Appreciate like, that. Oh yeah, and you got crazy stage presence too, man. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely commend you yeah. on that. Like, Appreciate that, man. I, I take. A lot of pride in in the way I perform mm-hmm. and the show that I give to the uh, to the fans and to the people. Exactly, you yeah. got but you got to give them that energy too because they vibe off of you. For sure, and if you come out there already vibing and already like ready to set the mood for the night, mm-hmm. is they always gonna be with you for the rest of that night too. Um, in terms of, of like 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 your songs, what songs did you perform? Because you performed some old stuff, you performed some new stuff as well. Yeah. It wasn't all from your album Who Watching the Kids too. Mm-hmm. What songs are you performing? Um. I done did Frank Ocean, we do Down by the River, mm-hmm. uh, Bodega, um, Whatever You Want. That's that's usually one of the songs that I, I, I always come out to. I feel yeah. like that's a big tone setter. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing that for years. Whatever You Want, um, Hide the Money from the album, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Jackson from the album. Um, we did a little bit of everything. I tried to spread it out through from like Camden to Macaroni Tony to Who's Watching the Kids too. Mm-hmm. Um, just give you a little bit of everything into the set. Okay. Yeah. And do you uh do you plan before all your performances? Like, do you already have your sets and uh, what you was going to do on stage before? Um, yeah, most of the times I already know what songs I, I specifically want to do. But then depending on the crowd, I either add songs or take songs off. Like, yeah, we might make this a shorter set. Um, but we, we try to keep all the consistent bangers and the songs that we know for sure is like good, uh, crowd reactions, like, uh, Bodega and Down by the River and Frank yeah, Ocean yeah, is yeah. like the, the three bangers that we hit them home with. So, oh, go well, ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, so you said you make adjustments like during the, the, for sure. the, the performance. So you got your own DJ and everything. Yeah. 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 You got to call audible sometimes. Like, all right. Yeah. Maybe a light crowd that we thought was going to be light. Be like, nah, they're kicking up. So I'll go back and be like, yeah, throw this on her. Right. Put this in there. Nah, nah, nah. Right. I know I said scratch that, but we're going to do this anyway. So then, like, we got to call plays depending on how the crowd is feeling. You know what I mean? It might look like they might, they, uh, especially if I'm not headlining. You know what yeah. I mean? It might be times where it, it seems like it's not going to be a crazy reaction or a crazy crowd when I come out. But then it might be the opposite. So it's like, oh, yeah, they're not even going to be ready if we do this. So we just hit them with that. And then it, a lot of the times they're, like, so grateful because they're not expecting that. Mm-hmm. So if they come in for a tour, on a certain album and then you hit them with one of their favorite songs from like two albums back right they're, they're just going crazy the phone's just coming out and stuff like that so like we just play off of the crowd you gotta give them a show exactly hey, and you're getting hey. light shows in there John too man all the phones on hell yeah for sure <laughs> it's a different experience yeah. with the phones on this time it's different from the candle lights that they had to do yeah. back in the day hey, and that's how you know when you're really getting a good response man it's like when you like put them them phones up put them where them lights at and they they, you know, they really go up man yeah. that's, they really they, they vibing with you oh but that, that that's the the exposure too though because even though it might be that one person that's holding that phone up mm-hmm. it's thousands of folks that's seeing that sure. online basically yep and that's one of the better parts of, uh, uh, of social media today and, and how people are getting their music out there and all that. In terms of your, 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 your buzz that you're getting after your performances and all that, how has that been? How has the response been to your performances um, and everything? Every time I do a performance, I feel like I leave with fans, which is why I, t- I try to go as hard as mm-hmm. I can, no matter how many people are in the room, because I, can, I know that's potentially 10 people I can leave with, 10 followers. 10, 10 people yeah, that's yeah. going to take the music with them. 10 people that's going to leave with a, uh, some type of message or something. Mm-hmm. So, or, or cop merch or something like that. So, um, they love the performances. A lot of people just, is a common word is energy. 
Everybody loves the right. energy. Everybody loves uh, the chemistry me and my DJ have on stage. Everybody just loves the fact. Like It seems like it's very well put together. And a lot of the times we just improv and we just do it mm-hmm. on the fly when we're on stage. You know what I mean? And I just feed off of his energy and I'm like, all right, this is what we're doing. And then we'll just, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Just just for the crowd. So, um, yeah, pretty much everybody just loves the performances. And I gained most of my fans just from them seeing me live. Mm-hmm. Um, they might uh, come to the show knowing one song, but leave like, yo, this kid could perform. It's a couple songs I never heard before. I got to actually yeah. listen to the audio now. Stuff like that. So it's always fun to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I get into that about 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 your audio, your style of music, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when you uh, tried out for XSL Freshman, you called yourself like the the melodic macaroni Tony, I think you said, right? The melody monster. The melody monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. So uh, um, how do you incorporate m- melody into your hip hop and, in, and into your music and all that? Um, it's more so about like trying to find a balance between uh the melodies and actually sticking to mm-hmm. the message that i want to give out into the specific song um i understood and i found out like melodies transcend language barriers and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. so if they if they don't know english they know they know that cadence so they know the yeah. down by the river you're the you're the you know what i mean so you know what i mean but they love the music so uh, I, I figured out it's a balance between people actually bobbing their heads to something and then you don't even know that you're underlining getting that message. You know what I mean? It's like putting the vitamins in the applesauce. Uh, when you was younger, you really couldn't mm-hmm. swallow the pill. You know what I mean? But pretty much that's what the melody did for me when I was just, I was on the verge of just becoming a conscious rapper uh, where I was just like going to give you a whole bunch of stories. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you these bars and I'm going to bar you to death. You know what I mean? I didn't want to become, it was way more fun to add a, a little bit of, melody into it you know what mm-hmm. i mean and then out of that i birthed the sound that i have today but then that's the that's the mixture of your music though because you can do songs like down by the river or side story or something like that right and then you can do songs like michael jackson hide the money mm-hmm. stuff like that and, 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 and frank ocean that's way more melodic right and uh, um yet still able to tell that tale so how do you in, in, in incorporate the tales in, in in your music um i feel like I got to stay true to what I, what got me to into music in the first place, which was the stories. Um, stories were always the most intricate part. I felt like a hip hop. Most of my favorite rappers were storytellers. Mm-hmm. So I um, always wanted to keep that with me. So if I was going to trans, uh, if I was going to transcend into this melody uh, being, I still wanted to keep the root of what I was already doing when I first started rapping. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that meant a lot to me to keep the, the, the essence of what I started doing. If I was going to evolve or change into something, I didn't want to lose um, mm-hmm. even a little bit of fans that I got from when I was just <laughs> low key, just, you know what I mean? Just rapping, rapping, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Before I figured out the formula that I got now. So how, how was that transition? How was that evolution into figuring out the formula of what, of, of what you do now? I mean, it's kind of, you got to look into yourself and figure out what you really want to do, how you want to sound. Um, it was a mixture of reaching back into what I grew up on before hip hop, which was a bunch of old school music. It was a bunch of Earth, Wind & Fire, OJs, Luther Vandross, Denise Williams, that type of music. Um, yeah. Just on them car rides with my grandfather. So I guess it was reaching back into that, tapping into that type of energy while still keeping the same type of energy that I've been having as far as my first approach into rap. Um, so actually it was kind of easy for me. I feel like just trying to add a little bit more melody to the grittiness and the darkness that I already had with the type of rap that I was making. 
Now, when it comes in terms of like developing that music, I know a lot of people have a hard time finding like the right engineer, the right studio, you know, the, you know, the right team right. to help them create the sound and push that platform forward. So what was that journey like for you finding an engineer and your DJ and everybody, right team to get your music move forward? Um, It was, it was a while. Like. I was just rapping at first. It was just me. Um, fast forward before, like, I'm going to just fast forward to the part where it was just me. Because when I first started rapping, I wanted to just do it with my friends and other people around me that were rapping. I wanted to come in as, like, a group. Right. But, you know what I mean? You know how that goes. It always just falls apart. So once I started just focusing on me as an artist, um, it was more so, like, I was getting YouTube beats. I was getting my beats off of YouTube and SoundClick and stuff like that. Um, I was just ripping them right off of YouTube if I liked it. As long as they didn't have too many tags and stuff in it, because I still, right. I still was real meticulous about how I wanted my music to sound. I didn't want it to be oversaturated with these tags, because then it sounded dumb, unprofessional. Mm -hmm. So, um, for the longest, I was just doing that until I met Ish Williams, and Ish Williams, uh, who's another rapper, um, from Jersey. He's from Collingswood, which is not too far from Camden. He introduced me to at the time his name was Lil D Beats. Okay. Um, known today as Kev Rogers. Um, he pretty much introduced me to him. We linked at his crib, and that's pretty much what we was recording all through, like, 2013, 2014, into 2015. Um, and he pretty much just became my exclusive producer for a little bit. And um, to this day, pretty much, he makes majority of my beats. Um, so after that, I kind of met Kenny through uh, another guy who was making music. And Kenny ended up being my engineer. That pretty much became my home base for studios. Right. Um, and we just been rocking with the same people ever since. Like, I, if if I make a connection with somebody and we got the same type of interest and we all got the same type of mentality when it comes to this music, is I I tend to want want to keep them around or keep them on the team because it's hard to find people like minded individuals who understand what it takes, like all the sacrifices and are willing to do it. Exactly. So um, once I ran across people like that, it was like. All right, I'd rather stick to these people than to have a whole bunch of people around me who claim to want to put the work in. But then when it's time, it's just like they just around for the ride. Exactly. So my team is very small. Everybody wears a lot of hats and plays a lot of roles um, because we have to. And, you know what I mean? We just do our thing. That's pretty much the entire role was just like just finding the core amount of people who understood my sound, what I was trying to do, what my mission statement was, uh, understood that it's all it's bigger than myself. Um, we all trying to get our family out of these situations and stuff like that. And everybody was just willing to grind. Right. And, and a lot of times out. that's what uh, some of those earlier projects be about. Do some of your earlier projects, you know, still exist? You know, like yeah. I know a lot of people like they post their stuff for like SoundCloud and all of that. Um, I got projects way before people even discovered who I was. Like I, I'm probably, I was probably like five, six projects deep before people Wait, you said you found me who was watching the kids? Yeah, no, no, I found you at, or, at Camden. At Camden, actually. yeah. yeah I had, with this life. Yeah, so Camden was like after who's watching the kids, the first one. And who's watching the kids, by the time I got to that, I was probably like six mixtapes deep. I right. got a whole mixtape called He's So Crazy. That was, but y'all know the show Martin, right? Yeah. yeah. The whole tape is about if if Martin had really been dissing Pam and Martin and Pam was actually cracking on each other because they had the thing going on in the background, but you got to put on that front in public because that's her, that's your girl best friend. And like the whole tape is just based on that from the top to bottom. That's the whole entire concept. I thought that was the tape that was going to be the one that really put me on. 
but it really got overlooked and a lot of people didn't right. really listen to it. So now it's just kind of like a hidden gem now. If you really want to do a true Marifontaine fan, you can definitely find that. It's on SoundCloud, actually. I make it really mm -hmm. easy for you. It's on SoundCloud, and it's probably from like 2014. And then I got taped from way back then. I started rapping. I was like probably still in high school. I started rapping in like 2010. Yeah. So it was definitely tapes out there, and I was putting out a tape every year. So, yeah, for sure. Oh, man. But that piff. Probably that piff. If I think if you really want to go one, back and look, probably, probably like yeah. that piff, or I don't know, you are gonna have to do your googles. I don't, I don't know if they still up there. <laughs> oh no, Google's definitely still got yeah, it. It's uh, definitely Google's it's, got everything on everybody in this room right now, man. <laughs> Baby pictures and all. <laughs> no, but um, when you so you talked about uh, uh you 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 doing that mixtape with with uh, uh looking at Martin from a different angle, right? Mm -hmm. That's creativity that is not so often seen in hip-hop. Right. Um, talk about your creativity in your music and how you still tend to utilize it today. I feel like my creativity is what got me this far, and I feel like my creativity is what sets me apart from a lot of people that's already in better positions than I am right now, which is why I thought that tape was going to take me places because I was so young and came up with that, and nobody was doing that in hip-hop. I was, I think I was like 19 when I made that. Right. So, mm -hmm. I definitely, yeah. Something like that. So it was like, um... If people, if it would have been marketed the way that like I'm being pushed now and stuff like that back then, then it would have been crazy. It would have been like, yo, this kid's ridiculous. He's next up. You know what I mean? My quality would have been better and stuff like that. But we all figured it out as a team. Um, and day by day, year by year, our creativity, our drive, you know what I mean? Our thought process when we approach things pretty much got us mm -hmm. in the position that we are now. Um, I just feel like everybody that surrounds me, including myself, we all think outside the box. Um, we find out something that works and then we find out how we can, you know what I mean, use that to our benefit in our own way. And that's why we don't need that many people around us. That's why we're able to move with, you know what I mean, such light baggage, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, one or two. One or two people, man. For sure. There's only two of us. There's been only two of us for since its inception of this show, pretty much. Yeah. Has been doing it, man. And, and, and how important is it is finding that solid foundation? It is in finding that 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 solid group that 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 you can roll with. I mean, I don't think you can go that far if you don't have the, a solid group behind you. Um, I feel like most artists that try to do it without it end up getting uh, uh, screwed over in the end by somebody that knows more or or than been there, done that, and they just seen they just see another uh, young fish coming into the game. Right. So if you don't really have a foundation, somebody that you can truly trust, and it's not really. Hopefully, I don't want to say hopefully, but if you can, uh, somebody that is not like your relationship is mainly built off of business. You knew this. You you met this person through business. Right. Um, if you can find somebody that you've known personally um, that you might know has your benefit more than somebody that, you know what I mean, that knows you strictly off of like networking or something like that. Um, you get a solid group of people that you would just trust with your life. It makes things way, way easier. It makes makes it way easier to split the bread too. It makes it way easier to do a lot of things when you really don't gotta be constantly looking over your shoulder or worrying about you know what I mean. Uh, how deep does this person's uh, love for my career go? You know what I mean. Exactly for sure. So it's very 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 important if you have a strong team because then it's it's times where you want to give up and your team's gonna be the one that keeps you going. Exactly uh, for sure. Yeah. Did you I ever mean, reach that point or? A lot of times it happens a lot. Like it, you feel like the world's on your back a lot of times. You got a whole bunch of fans. You got a whole bunch of expectation. You got a lot of people you don't want to disappoint. You got mad interviews, mad photo shoots. You got a whole bunch of things to do. You, you're exhausted. You know what I mean? But then times you got to get your ass up. You on tour. 
You know what I mean? Sometimes you're sleeping uh, in places you don't want to be sleeping. You you want to get back to your bed. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, it's what you got to do, though. You know what I mean? Sometimes uh, uh, everybody thinks like tour life is like really glamorous. It's work. It's grind. You're sleeping on couches a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's you know er- I mean? everybody thinks it's like like to be an artist. Sorry, everybody want to do it. <laughs> it's work. It's work. And I'm not even complaining about sleeping situations because it, if anything, it's more so to travel. You get, you're, you're tired. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of people just see the, y'all see the recaps. Y'all see the bright lights yeah. in the shows. Like, but, you know what I mean? It, it's the situations where we, we, we try and figure out how long do we want to stay in this Airbnb? You know what I mean? Do we want to mm-hmm. stay for another night? Do we feel like having to drive all the way to the next spot today yeah. or do we want to do it tomorrow? It's little stuff like that that gets on you. It's not all glitz and glamour and stuff like that. But as long as you got a team, yeah. if you got a team, then it takes a lot of weight off your shoulders and it allows you to be a, uh, it gives you more time to be an artist. It helps right. you realize how good home really is. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. we've been talking a lot about a team and and uh, this the type of people. Um, and even you talked about the groups. You know that you try to do put out some group projects that didn't necessarily go right. Um, but tell me about some of the people in your life that actually kind of helped helped you at those times where you was like, ah, oh, man, I'm tired of this story. I'm tired of being here. I don't want to be in my bed. What what people actually influenced you to keep going? Well, one, John, my manager, he helps me every day uh, with a lot of things, day-to-day stuff that uh, that as an artist you would have to worry about if you didn't have somebody there to to help you with mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of times where I don't want to do things, where I'm tired. I really don't want to get up and do things, but John makes sure that things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, even without her saying anything, just, you know what I mean, to drive for me wanting to do better for her uh and put her in a better situation that makes you you know what i mean be like all right you ain't that tired all right you're not you know what i mean you mm-hmm. can you can write another song all right you know what i mean you can get up and go show face at this club real quick like um it's a lot of people my my other manager Veli, you know what i mean he as well he handles most of the role stuff uh he makes sure he puts the tours together for the most part mm-hmm. you know what i mean like wearing a lot of hats like that's what my agent would really do i don't have an agent you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, Chris, Chris is somebody that's been there since like 2012. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He just seen the vision, believe, mm-hmm. and pretty much was just representing, promoting, putting in uh, street work. You know what I mean? He just asked one day, can he be a part of the team? And Chris been rocking since ever since. You know what I mean? Every show, we on tour, we out. You know what I mean? Chris is always there, super supportive. Um, everybody, you know what I mean? Everybody that pretty yeah. much plays a role in who I am mm-hmm. today. You know what I mean? Down to the, the photographers, my DJ, everybody plays a, a, a part. And once I see them working hard, it just reminds me that I got to work even harder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For everybody around me because everybody's working for me. Got to put in that work. Exactly, yeah. man. That's that's what I be, that's what, so that's one of the main goals of this show is, is to, to talk to people who are, who we deem as catalysts in the culture mm-hmm. of hip hop. Right. To talk to people who are, are really out here putting in all the work and to show other people that, that, that might not be quite there yet, how to get there Facts. and how to get up there and all that. You're somebody that's getting up there. That's, that, that, that's really proving yourself as a catalyst of the culture, as a catalyst to Camden. Thank you. As a catalyst to your whole community and all that. Cause I was thinking about great artists that 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 have come out of Camden, um, aside from you, and and and, and that list is like real, 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 real low. I just this, I mean, even the state, uh, New Jersey, it's not. I mean, it, I, I would say Philly New Jersey has never Jersey. really like never seen had, like that for real though. 
Yeah, I mean, neither has is Philly, bro. In, in, as, as somebody that, that is from that area, has, has Jersey ever been seen as like a musical spot, as a spot for musical innovation, for, for people to come out of and stuff um, like that? Not when I was alive. Uh, we heard about Leon Huff. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gamble's uh, from here. Gamble, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Uh, Leon Huff came out of Camden, and I heard they were doing a lot of crazy stuff. Okay, I wasn't yeah. alive to vouch for it, but I, mm-hmm. I definitely heard they were doing something crazy with music oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. with uh, Quincy Jones and stuff like that. But as far as like rap, for somebody to be a rap star or you know what I mean, make it out off mm-hmm. of rap, I haven't really seen it. Yeah, it's I all haven't. it's all new school, bro. I honestly, I I believe for Philly and New Jersey, it's been like mostly uh all new artists that been coming up that been kind of like making the city kind of known for music artists mm-hmm. coming out of the city for music. Yeah. Um. But we was also talk about. I heard you talk about a lot, vibes vibes earlier and you know people big on vibes people big on energy um and then your music career it always a point in time where you know you feel like you gotta take a leap of faith ever been a point in time in your career where you know you just had to go with the vibe um have i ever just went with the vibe i don't know i don't know like what you mean in reference to, you know, like, because you got, you know, your managing area saying, yeah, you got to go here. You know, you got your mom here saying you got to do this. You might even have, like, a close friend that's, t- you know, telling, hey, bro, I think this is best for you. And, you know, you got a lot of decisions on your hand. And that's all I said is it, that's where, you know, energy might play a role. You know, vibes might come in and, like, how's that ever come in? Um, aspect for you. Yeah. I want to, uh, right now, I can think of one time. Um. It was a time where I was in a label situation I wasn't really happy in, but they they were offering money for the first time in my label. Like, in the, in the any time I was dealing with labels, this is the first time money is talked about on the table, like money that I've never seen before. But I didn't like the business that was being done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I kind of went with the energy. Um, I also had another deal on the table, which is the deal I'm with now. But right. they were offering less, but the vibe was just better. Like. It, it just felt mm-hmm. better, like the people there were better. Yeah. Um, and I ended up doing that deal, just just off of the vibe, I guess, just off of um, not even what they were talking about. It was just like like when we sat down at the meetings and they talked about my music, talked about what they thought about me as an artist and not just about, oh, this song, you know what I mean? We love this song, you know what I mean? Uh, it just mm-hmm. made me feel different than the way I was being treated at the other situation. So, right. Um, Definitely went with the vibe, and it feels like that was definitely the right choice to make uh, so that, far. That's something that we never really, that I never really personally hear. And people, pe- people tend to keep like like label discussions under wraps and stuff like that. They never really talk about it. I never heard uh, 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 people be like, "Hey, we like this song. You want to sign sign because you like this song. We hope that you can get more of this song." Pretty much, right? So, what was it more of like? A, we hope that you can make more of like clones of this song. It nah, be on, it, it wasn't even like that because it wasn't like I was I was I was in a distribution deal, so it was mm-hmm. more so. I don't know. It was like I guess looking back because I wasn't an artist, artist, artist like signed under like recording. Yeah, but it was more so um, just the way that they were dealing with mm-hmm. even like my releases and stuff. Oh uh, um, yeah, stuff like yeah, that. yeah. And some of the is it. I don't know. It was just some of the things that they were saying. It, it, it goes, it's, I'm over it. But yeah. it was just a lot of things I didn't like. It was just, I just didn't like a lot. And I just went with the vibe for the better situation, the more, uh, 
it was just it was a better situation for me and my team at the time. Right. So do you feel like you have uh, more control over your career now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I feel like we always had control over my career. Right. But it was more so like when you sign to a label, you just want you you expect certain things, and mm-hmm. we just weren't getting certain things at a certain label, and. Right. I now, mean, it's, it's your content, so you know you should be able to have whatever expectations for you for know. For sure, but yeah. it was like we were promised certain things, but then when it was time to deliver on them promises, we'd get the run around or be told certain things. But then when we go out to do them ourselves, it was a piece of cake. Get it done. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's um, called so life. It was like it was once like, I'm done, you do it yourself. Man. Exactly. <laughs> so it was like, why are we in this situation at that point? If we we're we're pretty much everything we were doing before signing the paper we're doing after we sign the paper and it's kind of like we're not getting that much help so um yeah it was mainly a vibe um and right after we left that we kind of had i felt like i had something to prove we ended up dropping on our own and that's where mm-hmm. you got macaroni tony from um oh, and yeah. that was just kind of to, to prove that we can really connect to the fans like i can mm-hmm. really just give my music to the fans and i wanted to see if it was going to be received well you know what I mean? And a lot of people went out and and seemed to love the album. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so now here we are. Just live and learn. Hit, hit upon the, the, the themes of your albums. Why why you made and named the albums that you made. Like, why did you make Camden? Why did you make Macaroni Tony? Why did you make Who's Watching the Kids 1 and 2? Um, but Camden, uh, it's actually petty why I named it Camden. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to name my first album under the uh, first time I saw my deal. I was like, yo, this is about to be my get rich or die trying. I was ready to make one of them. Um, but going along with how I was feeling about a certain label and at the time, because I just got signed, there was a whole bunch of mixed things going about, like why he signed. And yeah. uh, um, with me, I'm a very secluded person. Um, if you know me, you know me, you know what's up with me and stuff like that. But if you don't, it's very, very hard to find like information just like you don't know what's going on. You just see, right. you just see this kid just, just rapping. He's blowing right. up. Like, you ain't you in a circle. You, you really just don't know what's yeah. going on. So when you don't have, when you have a lack of information, it leaves the door open for you to create anything because there's nothing there to refute it. So people are like, um, Oh, you're not from, he's not even from Camden. He's from Collingswood <laughs> because they like, he's from Collingswood. Cause he's always hanging with Ish and them, but those are my boys. They from Collingswood. But, Every time that I tried to make some music stuff happen with somebody from Camden or something like that, they weren't on the same type of mindset that I was on. Right. So for whatever reason, I don't want to break down into uh, social science, but Ish and, and Kev understand like, yo, they want something even bigger than than uh, uh, where they're at right now. And I'm like, yo, well, why can't y'all have the same mindset and we have way less? You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's like, all right, I'd rather deal with these individuals. So they're like, oh, he's not from Canada. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, that's crazy. You know what? The world's about to see my first album. Boom, boom, boom. Such and such about to push my album all crazy. I'm about to be everywhere. You know what? I'm going to name the album Camden. And you're going to be sick because only thing like no, the world don't know about Camden. But first thing they're going to see is my face. And they're going to see Camden right underneath it. And they're going to be like, oh, Camden. Oh, Mirafontaine, Camden. Oh, Mirafontaine, Camden. I'm like, yeah, you want to say I'm not from Camden now? I'm just, it was really like uh-huh. a petty decision. And I ended up really doing it. Right. And, and it was like, um, that was pretty much the whole main reason yeah. at first. But then I'm like, I can't do that out of spite. If I'm going to do this and I'm going to really give it the name, I really got to make this album something that the city can be proud of, 
mm-hmm. something that represents, you know what I mean, where I'm from, even if it's just like a spoonful, you know what I mean? So it started out like that, but it ended up really meaning a lot because I'm like, yo, this is really going to be the first thing that a lot of people hear. You know what I mean? I really want to put on a good uh, representation for the city. Right. Even if I'm not going to get a lot of recognition for it, in the same way, it's kind of out of spite because I'm going to give you a great album. And right. it's going to be so undeniable from top to bottom that you're going to be proud that I named it, Canada. A little bit of a double-edged sword exactly. there. I'm like, it. you're going to be so happy that I named it after the city because I wanted it to be bigger than me. You, you know what I mean? I could have named it Mary Fontaine. This is my debut album called mm-hmm. Mary Fontaine. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? I'm like, Sometime. nah, you feel me? Nah, it was like, Standard. Hey. Mm-hmm. boom, this is, this is us, pretty much. I'm like, this is what we're going, and this is the first thing that they're going to hear. So your Camden is pretty much, I was thinking about, uh, like, the equivalent would be, like, like Dreams and Nightmares from Meek Mill. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. It was around the same, I, I had the I, same type oh, of Actually, actually, run it back, because he had one called Mr. Philadelphia, and you can't skip de- over that. Yeah, he definitely can't did. skip over that. Yeah. yeah. He's right. He's right. He's <laughs> well, see, right. listen, so prior to Dreams and Nightmares, this is full disclosure, I was not that big of a Meek fan. That's that's why that's, that's, that's why, why I'm here. That. It's cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. He's my offset to like to, to, to balance it out pretty much. But yeah, so that was Camden, Macaroni Tony on Camden. I had a um, I had a song called uh that I can't say on the radio. Just yeah, re- yeah. real re- real in words. And um, <laughs> he uh uh I said uh getting so much cheese, call me Macaroni Tony. And I was like, that's hard. Mm-hmm. And Macaroni Tony just became this this persona and this this character for all of the envy and the hate and what people thought about me at the time. Everybody thought that I was, you know, what I mean, I dropped Camden. Some people thought I had like a hundred thousand in the bank. They thought I was making so much money. They thought that I was uh, I'm Hollywood now. All of a sudden, now I'm not from Camden. I never was from Camden, and I'm Hollywood. So it was like it was a lot going on. I'm like, he think I'm Macaroni Tony. So I was like, you know what? I'm going I'm to name that next album Macaroni Tony because I wanted to make the next. I was so happy that I was out of that deal. And I just wanted to make a whole bunch of bangers. I just wanted to make a whole bunch of mm-hmm. hype songs that was kind of like flashy, braggadocious. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And I'm talking directly to my friend. So I was like, I want to make Macaroni Tony something bigger because I thought that bar was so hard. And I was like, mm-hmm. I can actually run with that. I can actually make that my 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 little tunchi. That could be my my yeah. my cool wop that's going to be i was like i'm gonna run with that and i'm gonna see how far that goes and i was like i don't know how far i can go with this cheese emoji i don't know if, how it's gonna be received but mm-hmm. then everybody just started dropping cheese emojis like yeah, and y'all understand it i'm like all right cool so ever since then people will call me tony or they'll call me macaroni and it's just been a concept that we've been running with ever since oh man then and then who's watching the kids what's the meaning of that one the first one actually yeah the, the first okay. one then going the very the first one. who's watching the kids came from um, my first and only job, I worked at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, and at the Boys and Girls Club, I used to, I used to leave from school. I had to go right back, right to, uh, the Boys and Girls Club to start my, uh, shit. Um, so I always made sure I had classes that ended at three o'clock because I had to be at work. So Boys and Girls Club, uh, the kids pretty much did homework for like an hour. And then from like four to six, they could do whatever, whether they playing ping pong, they go swimming or they go to the gym with Mr. Jameer. That's what they called me. In the gym, you go play basketball most of the time. If I had a choice and my supervisor ain't really care what we did in the gym, we was playing basketball. I was throwing a bunch of basketballs mm-hmm. out and everybody just do their thing playing basketball. Yeah. Now, I was the type of counselor that was like, I was like the bigger brother to all the kids. I wasn't mm-hmm. like an authoritarian type. Like, I'm not yelling yeah. at you. I'm not doing all that. I'm like, yo, you know better type. Like, I don't feel yeah. like you had to yell at most of the kids. Um, I also got 
attached to some of the kids because it was like I knew their background and what they were having to go home to. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them didn't eat. Um, so like when they had snack time and stuff like that, they used to really be asking for extra extra food, not to be greedy, but because they know yeah, they're not that, gonna have anything. that chocolate milk is what they're going to be drinking the night for dinner. Yeah. So it was that people, people getting uh, abused, that type of thing. So it was like the Boys and Girls Club was their haven. You know what right. I mean? And when they saw me, it was kind of like, they happy to see me. I'm like an older figure that wasn't like, like snapping on them all yeah, day long. Yeah. I'm not a teacher in their mm-hmm. eyes. You know what I mean? So I used to get in trouble for that a lot, though, because yeah. I, I, I'm i still in college. I like playing basketball. It's a, it's a, I got paid to play basketball. The cool, the cool one specific. always, the you one that's, me? that they be ragging exactly. on. And- so it's like... Oh, especially the co-workers like oh mr jameer not even watching the kids you know what i mean so so my supervisor mr pat used to come into the gym he used to always catch me i'm shooting i i play three on three with the little kids crossing them up playing around he used to come in yo if you playing with the kids then who's watching the kids so he used to i used to hear that at least once twice a week i used to always get caught where do we playing soccer whatever i used to if we had to play soccer i was supposed to be the coach i'm not supposed to play Stand on the side and get the whistle, you know what I mean, and watch right. the kids play. But I'm I'm athletic. I want to play. The kids want me to play. They they kicking it to me. Kick it back, Mr. Jameer. All that. I'm like, man, I might as well actually be involved. But I used to get in trouble with that all the time. So that mixed in with the concept of what I wanted to do with, with that certain project, it was, it was a lot of the kids don't have any parents. They might yeah. don't have any adults around. They might have parents, but they don't got no adults around them. If that makes sense. So okay. the adults is off doing whatever they want to do. The kids mm-hmm. is still growing up regardless. Yeah. And the kids is learning whatever they learn from wherever they learning it from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it was crazy to hear. I know some kids that grew up rougher than the roughest person that you probably know. He ain't even hit 16 mm-hmm. yet. He just at the Boys and Girls Club trying to figure out math problems. And I used to mm-hmm. just sit there and watch, like, yo, it's mind-boggling. Oh, I don't doubt it's TV it. I don't doubt show it. type I don't stuff. Doubt it. It's TV mm-hmm. show type stuff. And then they would come to, uh, like, as I start popping on YouTube, you know, yeah. kids is smart. Mm-hmm. They used to come in. They'd be like, yo, Mr. Jamari, you, you, you be rapping? Mm-hmm. You just start uh-huh. telling you be rapping? Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, I don't rap. <laughs> yes, you do. You be rapping. I seen you on YouTube. You be rapping. I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> like crazy. Like, they didn't see me cursing yeah. something. Now I'm like, oh, come on. You can't yeah. see that side of Mr. Jamari. <laughs> It was like, you be rapping, I seen you, not, I be rapping too. Like, they just, mm-hmm. you feel me? So it's like, but they don't got no type of encouragement. And it was usually just, you either nice at ball or football or good luck, you feel me? And it was like, that's, it was a messed up type of situation. So once I knew the kids was listening, I knew I still wanted to do what I wanted to do as far as the music. And my music is just dark by, by I guess, product of environment. It was like, I wanted to mesh it and kind of just... Mm-hmm give that little bit of all of that back you know what i mean that was around the time i really wasn't that known fresh off of the martin thing i ain't really thinking the next one ain't, is gonna pop off if that one ain't pop off because this one had no concept at all it was just a bunch of songs and right it was just like you know what i mean had no story to it and that was the one that popped after that intricate you know took skits from martin and then took them out of context oh wow really he was doing all that bro he, he was pulling a kid you know you know what it was though it was because that one was for you you know Probably. what I mean? You, you did that one for you. Yeah. And when you when you involved and when you like you said, when you wanted to merge that and uh-huh. include the people in it, it just went. That's probably what it is. That's you, probably exactly what it was. I never heard it broke down like that. It was just That's a wild. selfless act and it, yeah. it, it worked out for you. For sure. And so I, so now do you think that the music that you're doing now is 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 that 
entirely still for for you and for the fans, or 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 is it like this? Uh, 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 you know that is one, not the other. Um, I feel like it's a little bit of both. Uh-huh. I, I still do songs for me. Um, I definitely do songs that have nothing to do with me, but I know people that need to hear it. it might be people around me. It might be a fan that I spoke to, yeah. and I'm like, I know such and such that I met in Cleveland. You know what I mean? He was telling me some crazy stuff about X, Y, Z. I know this will resonate with him, mm-hmm. but it'll also resonate with a thousand of him that is probably across. You know what I mean? Because yeah. my story ain't the only one I'm trying to tell. My story's not the only one that's important. I feel like that's how a lot of people fall off. Once they get their first album out and they tell their story, it's like, how many times you want to tell us the same thing? Man? You know what I mean? You got to switch it up. So it's like, um, I just listen. I pay attention to the world. I pay attention to what's going on. I pay attention to people's pain, what what people desire, what they want. Because um, a lot of people can't rap. A lot of people can't draw. A lot of people can't sing. But everybody got something that they want to get off their chest or something that they want to know that somebody understands what they're going through. And that's what music do. Right. And um, so so tell me about the um evolution because you you dropped the who's watching the kids too. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the evolution from the the idea you first had with who's watching the kids one yeah. from then dropping who's watching the kids too. Who's watching the kids too? Um, it was kind of me trying to revisit uh the beginning. Um, I had did a show I want to say like the year before at the Foundry and. My supervisor, the one that used to come in there, yo, who's watching the kid? Right. Big, big supporter now, big fan now. Um, he used to give me days off just so I can go to the studio. Like he was always supporting even back then. So he came out to the show, sold out show at the Foundry, and he was just real proud. Um, you know what I mean? He, he told me he was happy for me and everything like that. And it just reminded me of that feeling of being back at the Boys and Girls Club and stuff like that. And I'm wondering, like, how how are some of the kids doing now? Um, I know some of them are in high school and stuff like that. Um, one of the kids that I used to watch um, at the Boys and Girls Club, he was 12 then. He uh, just got a $200,000 scholarship to go to college. Um, okay, that's dope. It, but it was crazy. I'm like, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. And he just hits me up on the DM. He's like, yo, Mira Fontaine, I know this ain't got nothing to do with you, but I just want to let you know that you inspired me to really like become something better. He was like, not even just because you rap, because you're like a, a good person. He was like, uh, ever since I was 12, I just wanted to, you know what I mean, be something like what you are today. Like, he's starting to rap now and stuff like that. And it was just like, he didn't have to reach out to me and tell me that. He didn't right. have to. He pretty much is validated um, everything I would just try to give back. Because I understand, I can tell this message and I can wrap your head off all day long. But, like, I understand once you're an adult, you already stuck in your ways. You already think the way you think. The youth is is what's going to mold and change the whole environment and the landscape of the city in my eyes. Because the city's only but so small. So if you can reach the kids and give them something else to look up to and something else to do, then it's like you're going to see something happen. Maybe not in two years, maybe not in three years, but tenfold. The new generations are going to have a different mindset. Right. So that's that's pretty much it was like the long game. But to see a little bit of it actually rub off early before I even started rapping, it was like I'm on the right path. Um, so when I approached who's watching the kids, too, it was kind of like a callback to that. Like who's because the same thing is still going on. It was. It was. I don't know. Can I talk about stuff like that? If I can't curse and I can't say the N word, the stuff I'm about to say sounds crazy. <laughs> You, know, you 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 can you can bring up situations and all that. Just okay, can't right, curse and say the right, word. Yeah. All right. So like, you got 
you got people decapitating children. You got people leaving them to die in alleyways. And like, these are kids. These, these, like, there's no more rules in the streets. There used to be no women, no children. And this, I'm seeing seven year olds, eight year olds in the news. And, and these are like infants. You ain't even get to, you ain't experience your first nothing at all. Barely know how to brush your teeth mm-hmm. and, you, and you're gone. Like, that's, that's wild. So it was like, if nobody's paying attention to the kids, you know what I mean? Maybe it's time for, I start speaking directly again mm-hmm. um, and trying to give them something, let them know that I'm still listening and I'm still paying attention. Uh, it was just heartbreaking. We were seeing, like, a lot of the stories. It was recent. It was like they were targeting them almost. Yeah. It was like, it's too many kids. And, and, or that, y'all ain't got no yeah, name. Was going missing One of them. and all that. Yeah. All of that, like. Kids are being taken for uh, sex trafficking, all types of stuff. And yeah, yeah, this is all just recent, like it's, 2016. It's crazy, like, yeah. bro. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and and that's the and and that's why it's important to have like like Mr. Jameers in the world. Facts and, and role models, man. Because exactly. I had a couple of Mr. Jameers growing up, and it was like he's cool. He he, like when I was younger, I felt like uh, the older. I'm still calling kids. It was like 18. Like the older kids would try to try to issue on you because they were older it was kind of like it was like you're I'm a, because i'm older i'm a bully you type stuff or yeah, because i got yeah. this sense of power uh-huh. i'm gonna use it and like, right, yeah. get over here young boy young boy. it was never like that it was kind of like you know what i mean i care about you but you gotta you gotta pay attention right here this is what uh-huh. we're doing you ain't about to get me fired but you know what i mean i, I was looking out for him so they ain't yeah. get in trouble that type of stuff it was like it was cool um because i had people like that that looked out for me yeah um in certain situations and I feel like it saved a lot of people's lives and make people look at the world different, make people want more for themselves when they see that people actually care about them, when they come from an environment where it's either them on their own or don't nobody care, period. Right. Exactly. And, 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 and the other crazy aspect of it is that, like, I feel like, like, like a lot of kids end up growing up, like, real, real jaded because of that. I feel like, I, I feel like that's, that's part of, like, the, 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 the generation divide, generational divide in hip hop, is that way. It's like like the 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 young bulls hate on the old heads because the old heads never helped usher in the new young guy. The old heads never said, "Hey, this is how you do this," right? Old heads got their riches and do what they do. They just keep on moving on with life, right? They, they they're adulting yeah. pretty much, right? They're not even bothering with. You know, trying to show you like, okay, I got it this way. Let me show you how you can get it this way. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, let me try to be a gatekeeper in hip hop or whatever. Let me try to show you that there's a culture behind this that you're getting involved in or something like that, right? And, and 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 that's and then like they come out and and, and like you said, they come out and it's showing us after we trying to find our own way, right? And it's like you ain't showing us no other well, way. Are you so. doing this wrong? You doing this? Why are you doing this? And we ain't really have anybody to to show us no otherwise. And when we were asking for help, it was it was like we we getting on your nerves, you know what I mean. So when we when you finally find your own way, you can't be mad. Exactly, and that and, and that's the other crazy part is because like so like when when I was showing some people that you was coming on the show, right? And I was showing some of my old heads that you was coming on the show, and I yeah. showed some of your songs. They're like, oh, who that? well, it, it, was, it was one of us who that. Secondly, it was it was a a one one of us said, oh, he's a mumble rapper, and I was like, he's not a mumble rapper. What are you saying? <laughs> Right, like you can clearly hear what he says in his songs. He's not mumbling anything, as compared to some other rappers I could pull up that, that are that the mumbling in their ears. Yeah, and but I feel like they already had that disposition. They're not used my to hair. 
It's because your hair. It's probably because you actually are melodic. I feel like old heads aren't used to melodies and music. Don't like that either. Not at all. I don't know what they got against that. I don't know, because they definitely had people that did that back in the day, and it was it was cool. Nate Dogg and Warren G. I mean, even before that, man, it used to be like, you know, Temptations and all that, man. So They mad because it wasn't a lot of multi-talented in that aspect. It was like either they're one or the other. Yeah. It's hard to okay. classify people now, yeah. and if they can't classify it, they don't like it. They don't know what they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's the that's the other thing that I wanted to get into. Actually, was talking about uh, um, how how is your reception when it comes to uh, um, involving melody in your music, right? In terms of like, have you ever had reception of negative or positive from old heads? They listen to it and they're like, "Hey, I don't understand." And how do you? Do you ever think about coping with that and just doing straight bars one day, or how do you um, deal with that? I mean, I had people, well, main, mainly old heads. A lot of old heads like some of the melody ones, like okay. Bodega and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, they'll tell me all the time, like, especially like real old street heads, like, what? Oh, like, oh Bodega, yeah, yeah, Bodega, or uh, even like Frank Ocean. But then some of them would be like, yo, I feel like you, you don't know too much singing because mm-hmm. I know you can rap. Um, because I came up like doing the Camden Cyphers and stuff like that, so they know yeah. I can rap. They like, oh, I think you're doing too much singing. Like, why don't you just, mm-hmm. why don't you just give them a whole tape with straight bars? And I'm mm-hmm. like, what I'm trying to, what I try to tell people is like, in the game climate right now, like bars don't even really matter that much, man. No, I, I mean, didn't gave them so many, so many, so many tracks with bars, and I feel like I waste them because they'll either go over their head or they'll only remember the hook when I'm doing the melody. I mean, you just dropped the whole Martin tape of bars and come on, that's <laughs> no, how man. I felt. That to this day, that hurt my soul. I dropped yeah. so many bars. We didn't cut. The, we didn't did a lot to that, and it was like uh-huh. that. That didn't take off, but it took <laughs> me to take a, a childhood nursery rhyme that I used to see uh, uh, the girls that I used to be crushing on when I was a young boy play Double Dutch too. And that's the one that went off. That's the down right. by the river. That's that. Oh. I didn't know that. That joint. That's and I just I made that a hip hop song. Okay, I did not know that. Oh, you must not got no sisters. That's why I was on. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm, I'm an only child, man. Listen, <laughs> and that's why I was on. Who's watching the kids? Yeah, the concept. Yeah, yeah. man, that's that's crazy. So like. I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, going into your discography, like like the one song when I when I first heard uh, 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 Camden, right? Mm-hmm. Side story was the one where I was like, "It's a short story, short short story, right? That's what it Shorty. is, shorty story." Yeah, yeah. yeah. that John was like was, was 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 pretty much straight bars all the way through, uh-huh. right? And when I heard it, it kind of jarred me a little bit because I was like, "Wait a minute, where's the where's the the fancy hook? Where's the?" <laughs> and then I'm like. But no, this is him doing what what you know, right. actually telling a story. Story, right? That's his. That's his Tony story. That's his. That's his all that, right? Um, so like, are are you are you leaning more along the lines of like just melding the two, like how you did with Camden, and when you terms of like you're just gonna have a couple songs that are straight bars, a couple songs that are. Straight I try to folks. find that balance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I try to do where it's just straight bars, and then the ones that are the money makers usually have the melody. So, but I always do the straight bars ones. Um, like Shorty Story and stuff like that are usually the easier ones to do on the album. Trying to find a hook that's infectious or something that's going to be like, these people are going to sing this so many times. That's harder to do than to tell a hood tale from the top to bottom. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't did, like, probably don't even know. I did a Tony's, Tony Story freestyle. 
years ago. Nobody talks about that. Right. No, the, I, the whole concept, I think, yeah, the whole concept was from the, um, was from the perspective of who's the boy that uh, shot him? Um, top. No, no, top is, um, I gotta listen to it again. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Meeks was the from the perspective of Tony. Yeah. Mine, I did it from the perspective of Ty. All right, okay, and it was yeah. like straight through, just bars. We was just throwing them on YouTube, all that type of stuff. They don't get the same reception as like on Mommy and Bodega and all these other mm. songs where it's like this can be on the radio. But if you want straight bars, that's easy. Like I feel like that's too easy now for it not to be respected. Yeah, and I mean, it, 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 you gotta get to a point where you just be like, look, oh, you want to hear that? <laughs> Pull it up real quick. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Mirror Fontaine, man. We got two songs for you today. We're going to play to close out the show as well, man. But but before we go, you know, shout out any social media you got. Shout out any people that you want to uh, shout out and all that. Hey, make sure y'all go follow me at Mirror Fontaine. M-I-R-F-O-N-T-A-N-E. There's no I in Fontaine. I don't know people why y'all. People be adding extra letters and doing extra work. <laughs> There's no I in Fontaine. It's just I in Mirror. That's because um, nobody was following, was watching the kids. In, in wasn't watching class. the kids. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You're not watching where your eyes at. Um, <laughs> um, make sure you go watch. I said, make sure you go watch. You know, messing me up. Make sure, make sure you go listen to who's watching the kids too. Make sure you go listen to all them. Or every album that you haven't heard yet, you might want to just catch up on all of them. It's kind of like Netflix when you just get put on the show and you be like, "Dang, y'all, oh, it's four yep. seasons in already." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh yeah, okay, I can just settle in. So you might as well go listen to Camden, go listen to the first Who's Watching the Kids, listen to Macaroni Tony, and then make sure you listen to Who's Watching the Kids, too, on all streaming platforms right now. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So that was Mir Fontaine on the mic, man, and this is The Six and J. So Guapo, bro. It was a good joint. Absolutely. Peace out, man. Gotta get straight to this song, man. First song coming up is Hide the Money featuring the baby. Peace out, y'all. Shot my last gun at 15. I can't get into the details. All I can say is he missed me. And I pray that I miss him. Don't want nobody come and get me. Pray that God can forgive me. I wanna cry in a Bentley. But I know these shifty. I'd rather die with it with me. If I die, I'm a legend. If I die, they gon' miss me. I caught your phone, it was busy. Ain't nobody that busy. I'm on the bread like Jeffy. Pockets heavy, G. Grizzly. Take you out to my city. Where I'm from, make it risky. You can shot in your kidney. If you goofy like Disney. Me a ratchet in a land like a magic money coming automatic. 
Manhattan. Uh -huh. Don't let them two by me. Won't take my life in traffic, nigga. This uh -huh. in the suburb. Yeah, my yeah. Got more bucks to have these uh -huh. I'm behind tent. Get uh -huh. my Yeah, my draw, she yeah, going down, yeah. that's why I'm swerving. Okay, around get a ticket or something. Uh -huh. Cut it out, we get plenty of money. Yeah, all of my dick and they misses, they treating me like I'm Diddy or something. I keep a burner, well, you can't see like it. I'm scared of you stealing it from me. Uh -huh. Kick it out of Jersey, we thug. Yeah, all the money in the mattress. He's acting too dramatic. Know they wanna catch me lagging. I don't wanna die in traffic. I just wanna be a ratchet. In the lane like a magic. Money coming on the magic. Bucket bands out the plastic. All the money in the mattress. Try to do me like Bobby. I'ma get rowdy and that's on my mind. 